Well, it is great to see everybody, and uh, we just want those who are a part of our online experience that are watching us right now live to know how much we appreciate them. Can you give it up for those that are watching us right now live online and thank them? Uh, we've had a lot of people who have uh, expressed their appreciation for the opportunity, especially this past week. We had a lot of people from different places uh, being a part of our Easter experience online, and so uh, man, God just did an incredible, incredible thing. I just want to real quick give a praise report and give each of you um, just a, a yay you and a yay God for making a huge difference. Uh, last weekend on Easter Sunday, we had 1,724 people that came through the doors of our church. And um, that we have record of 45 of those uh, raised their hand indicating uh, that they put their faith and their trust in the person of Jesus to be the Lord and Savior. And... Um, that was awesome. We had eight individuals that demonstrated their faith public through water baptism, and so that was really cool. And there's always stories behind those stories, and that's always such an incredible step of obedience and an awesome time of celebration. And uh, we could not have pulled off what we did over the course of all of our services over two campuses had it not been for the 150-plus uh, dream teamers that just went above and beyond to allow God to use them to be the hands and the feet to make a difference in the lives of so many people. So let's give it up for our dream teamers that did such an incredible job. And speaking of that, tonight at 5 p.m., at 5 p.m., uh, right here uh, in our Conway location, we're going to be having something we're calling Heart and Soul. Uh, it's just one hour, but it's an opportunity for us to gather together with all of our uh, dream teamers, those who serve on uh, really in, in any capacity, as well as our life group leaders and those that attend our life groups. Our goal is really to get the heart of our people here in one place at one time uh, as we can kind of take a look back, celebrate what God did over the first, qu first quarter, first season of our uh, 2018 calendar year uh, in terms of what God did through um, those last 90 days and what we're excited about for the next season of this year. And, uh, and so it's going to be called Heart and Soul. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So we want you to be here, make plans to be here at 5 p.m. And we'll get you out in plenty of times because some, some of the guys have already said, well, didn't you, did you guys know it's the masters? Yes, but we have a greater master we serve. Amen. Come on. All right. So anyway, but let me just encourage you to come. It's going to be amazing. And uh, it's going to be a, a very inspirational time. Well, we're kicking off this brand new series that we're calling the family shift. And uh, I'm personally excited about it. And I think one of the main reasons why uh, this particular series resonates so much with me and the reason why it's so heavy in my heart is simply because I think now more than ever, um, there's just a lot of competing voices that are attempting uh, to greatly influence our beliefs. I think our culture and our society today is not only attempting to influence our beliefs, but ultimately our values, which ultimately will determine the decisions that we make. And it saddens me, but yet when you think about the signs of the times, I just believe with all of my heart, there has to be a better way. And not just has to be, I know that there is a better way. As a matter of fact, if there was ever time for families to make the shift, I believe it's now. You say, what do you mean make the shift? Here's what I mean when I, when I really, when I say the family shift, I believe that there is a better way according to God's plan and God's purposes. What would it look like 
if every individual, if every marriage, if every family decided to make the shift, in other words, their perspective and the way they lived their lives moved away from just trying to survive to ultimately living a life that's actually thriving. Just far too many families are literally in that survival mode. They're just trying to survive. They're, they're simply going about their day-to-day routine and their tasks, simply surviving everything that's coming at them. But God has a way for us to help us actually thrive. And so the shift is moving away from surviving to thriving. And that's the reason why in the coming weeks, we're going to be breaking down five specific essentials that are going to help you really move or get your family uh, headed in the right direction. And so today we're going to look at the first of those. But here's the thing that I just think is so vitally important. Every family ends up somewhere. But few families end up somewhere on purpose. Think about that. Every family, your family, my family, we all end up somewhere. The question is, where do we ultimately end up? We all end up somewhere. The question is, are we going to end up there on purpose? Are we going to be intentional? Um, my family and I, a couple of years ago, did a summer vacation in Colorado. And uh, we joined with Michelle's side of the family. And so... Uh, we had all the kids, grandkids, I mean, everybody was there. It was a big army of people. And uh, we had an amazing time just uh, in the summer. It's beautiful there in the mountains of Colorado. And um, we decided um, after we did a big hike uh, up the mountain, <laughs> now it's time to go back down the mountain. And some of the kids were tired. And, and so a, a large um, a majority of everybody that was gathered together decided to take the gondola back down. And Michelle and I and our daughter Ashlyn decided that we were going to actually walk down the mountain because there was this walking path, there was this trail that led you all the way down to the base of the mountain, and they all said it was only about a, it was about a mile and a half long. So we thought, well, that's no big deal, a mile and a half going downhill, that should be pretty easy. Well, after about two hours, we made it downhill. The problem was is that we ended up about five miles off course. In other words, when we were walking, we began to see the gondola, which when we started was right above us, and you could see you know, it going down the mountain, but as we walked further and further, the gondola got further and further away from us. Well, I'm here to tell you, after several hours of that, when we finally made it back to the rest of the family, we finally made it back to our destination, we were exhausted. As you can only imagine, we were whipped. As a matter of fact, it wasn't but about 24 hours later that all of a sudden, man, we, we began to get cramps. Our muscles were all tight. Man, my ankles were sore because of the unique, you know, twisting you know, and turning of, of all of the awkward, you know, positions of just walking down a mountain like that. And so it had a profound effect on us. But here's the thing. Even though we were way off course... We eventually made it back to where we were supposed to be. And the reason why is because we knew where the destination was. And I'm convinced for a lot of families, mine included, there are countless times when we find ourselves getting off course. In other words, we find ourselves completely off track, maybe in our personal life, in our marriage relationships, maybe in our relationships with one another as a family, maybe we're not where we could be, not maybe where we should be. Therefore, we get off track. But here's the good news. The good news is, is that even though at times we find ourselves getting off track or off course, we can always make our way back to where we're supposed to be if we know our destination. 
Because here's the thing. Our direction, not intention, leads us to our destination. And repeat that. Our direction, in other words, the direction we're moving, moving, the direction our marriage is going, the direction our family is taking, not our intentions. Our direction will lead us to our destination. I think for so many people, they have the best of intentions. But listen, because of the world in which we live, because the world is constantly trying to shape us, challenge our beliefs, challenge our values, challenge the choices and decisions that we're making. Listen, we can have the best of intentions, but if we don't have a clear path and a clear destination, no matter how good our intentions are, we'll never arrive. And so we've got to have a clear destination, which begins with the direction that we take in our lives. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I love this. It says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So God wants to give you, he wants to give me a future and a hope. In other words, God does have a better way. God has a good plan. He has a good, pleasing, a perfect will that he has for your life and for mine, according to Romans 12.1. So here's the good news. The good news is that God has a hope. He has a future for your marriage, for mine, for your kids, for mine. Listen, he has a plan for our lives. So again, everybody ends up somewhere. The question is, are they going to end up somewhere on purpose? And so today what I want to do is I want to really just kind of unpack, if you will, from the standpoint of the first essential of this particular five-step process. Because here's the thing about what we're talking about. These five essentials really serve as a framework, a model given to us by God that we can actually follow that will help you and your family ultimately arrive at the destination that God has for you. And so with that said, here's the first. So if you're taking notes, and by the way, it's in our app. You can also follow along uh, if you want to there in our app, or you can just jot down in the worship guide in the notes that we provided for you. But the first essential is this. In order for us to make the shift, in other words, move away from simply, you know, surviving to ultimately thriving, we have to start with the end in mind. We have to start with the end in mind. In other words, let me say it to you like this. You need to ask yourself the question, what is my mission and what is my vision for my life, for my marriage, and for my family? That's huge. What is my mission and what is my vision for my life, for my marriage, and for my family? And the reason why that's so important is because, once again, our direction, not our intention, will lead us to our destination. Nobody plans to fail. It's just that a lot of people, they just fail to plan. So what I want to do for a few moments is answer the question, how do you start with the end in mind? And the key is this. We have to define our mission and our vision as a family. We have to define our mission and vision as a family. Now, the reason why that's so important is because the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love what the New Living Translation says. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, notice carefully, they run wild. 
In another translation, the message actually says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So my prayer for you is that you experience the good life. You experience the blessed life. You experience God's plan and God's purpose. But the only way that we can actually get there and experience that is for us to have a very clear mission and vision for our lives that will help make sure that we arrive at the destination that we long for. And here's the reason why this is so important that we have a vision and we have a mission. The reason why is because when people lose their why, they lose their way. I mean, when couples lose their why, as it relates to why they even got married in the first place, they eventually lose their way. When a family somehow, some way misses the why as it relates to why they exist, they eventually will lose their way. And so we all have to come to that place as an individual in our marriage relationships, within our family. We have to define our why. What is your why? Why do you exist? That's a part of what I mean by our mission and our vision. In fact, I have a slide I want to share with you. If you're uh, taking notes, you may even watch, you may even jot this down. Put the slide up there, guys. All right, here we go. Keep going, keep going. No, 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 no. There's a slide, the little picture, the little image. Come on now. There we go, there we go, there we go. Now notice, there we go, right here. All right, so what is a mission? A mission answers the question, why do we exist? A vision simply states or answers the question, hey, this is where we are going as a family. So every couple, every family, and every individual, every one of us, we need to know the answer to the question, why do I exist? Why do we exist as a couple? Why do we exist as a family? In other words, what is our purpose? What is our aim? What are are we shooting for? What are we striving to be? What are we striving to ultimately become? Another thing that's important is our vision because our vision basically gives us a sense of destiny and direction when it comes to the, to, the, to the direction we're actually moving. Because once again, every family ends up somewhere, but very few families actually end up somewhere on purpose. So what vision does is it gives you a sense of intentionality. It gives you a sense of direction. It gives you a sense of purpose because you understand your why. You know the mission behind your marriage, you know the mission behind your family. You know the mission behind why you exist. Isn't it crazy? We, we talk about all this stuff in the corporate world. We talk about this kind of stuff in our businesses. But when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our family relationships, mission and vision, for whatever reason, gets overlooked. And once again, listen, you can have the best of intentions, but your direction, not your intentions, will ultimately lead you to your destination. Listen, if you don't understand your why, you will lose your way. So it's important when it comes to understanding the first essential to start with the end in mind, we have to ask the question, what is my vision and what is my mission? One of the stories that I love that just serves as an incredible inspiration as it relates to the power of vision and mission for one's life is a story of a guy by the name of Monty Roberts. Uh, when Monty was a, um, basically was a young boy, 
uh, his memories were traveling with his father. His father happened to be uh, a tremendous horse trainer. Uh, he remembered growing up in that kind of environment. And uh, so he and his family went from town to town and they would train horses. And, and that, you know, kind of just gave uh, Monty a vision as a kid. And so as he grew a little older and actually got into high school, uh, he was sitting in class one day and his, his teacher actually gave an assignment to all of the students. And, and, the, and basically the assignment was uh, put on a piece of paper what your, what your future looks like, what your, what your dream, what your mission, what your vision. And it was, a, it was basically just a simple report that the, that the teacher had given to all the students. So he gave them several days before they were supposed to turn it in. Well, Monty was so passionate about the dream that he had in his heart that actually ended up turning into seven complete pages of handwritten notes of just what he had written in terms of his vision, his mission, what he, what he envisioned as far as his future, the dream that he had in his heart. And he actually spent so much time, he drew pictures, he went into great detail. I mean, he put everything he had into this paper. Well, when, when the papers were due, Monty turned it into the teacher. Well, several days later, when the teacher had uh, finished grading the papers and he gave them back out to the students, when Monty got his paper, that seven-page, extremely detailed paper, he noticed at the very top a large F with a circle around it. You can only imagine, he was devastated. And he went back home and he showed the paper to his father. And he said, Dad, I don't understand why I got an F. He said, I put everything I had into this paper. He said, what should I do? His father simply told Monty, he said, Monty, I don't know what to tell you to do. He said, but all I know, whatever decision you make will probably have a big impact on the relationship between you and your teacher and ultimately the grade that you end up with in your class. Well, Monty, he, he, he stood over that for several days and eventually turned the paper back into his teacher. And he said, why did you give me an F on this paper? Here's what his teacher told him. He said, Monty, he said, the reason why you got an F is because your dream, your vision is unrealistic. He said, Monty, what you got to understand, he said, to actually do what you said you wanted to do would cost millions and millions of dollars. He said, what you put on paper is a very complicated dream. He said, it's unrealistic. He said, so here's your decision. He said, either you can rewrite the paper and I'll reconsider your grade or you're going to have to keep it as is. Well, as you can only imagine, you know, Monty, once again, he was just stewing over this whole process and he finally made the decision. He went back to his teacher and he said, teacher, he said, tell you what, he said, you can keep my F and I'm going to keep my dream. Well, here's what's amazing. Fast forward many, many years later, Monty ended up becoming a world-renowned horse trainer. And not only did he, not only did he become a world-renowned horse trainer, but he fulfilled the dream that he had in his heart. Because a part of the great detail that he actually described in that seven-page paper, he actually said, one day I'm going to own a 200-acre ranch that will have stables, that will have a practice track, that will have everything that horse breeders and horse racers will want to be able to have at their disposal. He said, I'm going to be able to do it the way I envision, and it's going to be world class. He said, not only do I want to own a 200-acre ranch, he said, but I'm going to build a 4,000-square-foot home so that the trainers and the racers and the breeders and everybody can come and have a place to stay. One evening, Monty, 
was actually in his 4,000 square foot home. He was having a fundraiser for some troubled teens. And so he had a large group of people in the community that were gathered there in his 4,000 square foot home. And he was telling their story. And he said, I want you to know, he said that many years ago, he said, I was challenged to write a paper, putting my dream and my vision in writing. And he said, I just want you to know, he said, the dream and the vision that I put together you are actually for the fulfillment of that. He said, because today, he said, I own a 200, uh, he said, I own a 200 acre ranch. I also, he said, you're sitting in my 4,000 square foot home. And he said, above me here on the fire mantle is the paper that I was given an F on. And here's what's crazy. What's crazy is that several months later, that teacher that gave him the F ended up bringing nearly 30 students from one of the classes to Monty's ranch and you know what that professor or that, that teacher uh, confessed to, um, to Monty? He said, Monty, he said, I was known as being a dream stealer and dream killer for many, many students. He said, I'm so thankful that you gave me the F so that you could keep your dream. I just believe with all of my heart, there are a lot of individuals, there are a lot of marriages, there are a lot of families. Listen, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to kill the vision that you have in your heart for your life, for your marriage, for your family relationships. And listen, the reason why it's so important that we start with the end in mind is because we have to have a very clear mission and vision when it comes to why we do what we do as a family. We have to have a very clear sense of direction as it relates to where we're going. So what I want us to understand is this. What mission and vision will do for your life and for your family, it will provide passion, it will provide motivation, it will provide direction, and it will provide purpose for everything you do. I love what Psalm 37 verses 4 and, four and 5 says. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. So can I just say to you, I believe with all of my heart, it's never too late to start doing what's right. It's never too late to go back and revisit your heart's desire. So my question to you is this, what is in the, what is in the, the deepest part of your heart? What's, what is your heart's desire for your life, for your marriage, for, for your family relationships? Where do you envision your future to be and how are you, or how are you planning to actually get there when it comes to seeing the fulfillment of that dream or that vision you have for your life and your marriage and your family. Why is this so important? Let me tell you why this is so important. Can you imagine if you're a single in here today, listen to me, if you are a single, can I just say this? I can't think of a more important, timely, relevant topic for you to be thinking about than this one right here when it comes to understanding, more importantly, defining what your mission what your vision is for your life. Because all, all I can say to you, after being married for, for nearly 27 years, is you better hook up with whoever you desire to hook up with and spend the rest of your life with. You better make sure that you're on the same page, that you are in sync. I'm not talking about the singing group. I'm talking about in sync with your future mate where you share and you hold to the same mission and vision of what's important to you. And we're going to be unpacking that next week because that's the second essential as it relates to defining what's important to you. We're going to unpack the importance of holding to core values. 
But the key today is this. If you're a single, now's the time for you to clearly define what your mission and your vision is for your life. What you desire to have and to experience in your future marriage. And if God gives you children, what is that going to look like? If you're married today, maybe you have... Maybe you're married without kids. Now's the time for you as a couple to sit down and craft your mission and your vision as to what you envision for future children. If you have children, now's an opportunity. I don't care if they're toddlers or teenagers. At some point, you've got to sit down and say, what is our mission? What is our vision? And can I just say this? You may be here today and you say, well, Rodney, you're a day late and a dollar short. I could have used this message 25 years ago. Well, can I just say this? It's never too late to fulfill the dream that you have in your heart. My question to you is, what is your legacy? If you're 65 years of age today, what is your vision and your mission for the next 10, 20 years of your life? What do you want your legacy to be? My father-in-law, he has four daughters and 11 grandkids, he and my mother-in-law, they, 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 are, they are busy going from one place to another. They're all, they're all about investing in their kids. And every time we get together, Grandpa always wants to sit down. You know what he does? He always sits down with all of the kids and the grandkids, son-in-laws. I mean, everybody, we're all there. And he always wants to congregate everybody. And what does he do? He casts vision. He always casts vision. And what he wants his all to know is that he prays every single day for us. He prays for God's, God's purpose, for God's provision, for God's presence, for God's power. He's got all the peace. And so all of the kids, he'll, he'll ask them to repeat it back. Well, you know what? What is he doing? He's helping all of us generationally understand this is who we are. This is why we exist. And as a leader, he's saying, this is the legacy that I want to pass on for generations to come. Amen. My father would have turned 75 years of age on Easter Sunday. And every so often, I will take pictures, and I'll get with my kids, and I will show them. They call him Papa. And I'll say, this is your, this is Papa. This is, this is, this is Nanny. Papa married Nanny at 15 years of age. Papa was 17. They made a shift. Jesus changed their life. And they went from living a life of really no purpose and meaning at all to a life that had crystal clear mission and vision. And as a result, God used Papa, God used Nanny to help lead over a million people to Jesus Christ. So that's what we want our children. That's what we want our grandchildren to have in their mind and to have deep in their heart of what could be and what should be as a mission and a vision, as a marriage, as a family. And here's the reason why that's so important. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories that we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will let the next generation about, the, we, we, will, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. So, hey, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? So we have to define our mission and our vision. And not just define it, but number two, we have to write it down. We have to write it down. Curious, how, how many of you have ever been to the grocery store without a list? Without a list, big difference. 
between going to the grocery store with a list and without a list. If you go to the grocery store without a list, you know the drill. You'll come home with things you didn't need, and you'll forget the things you were actually supposed to go to the grocery store for. I do it all the time. So I've learned the hard way, go to the grocery store with a list. And I will sit in my car until Michelle completes her list. Because it never fails. As soon as I pull out of the parking lot, she'll say, have you left this store yet? I say, make sure you give me the detailed list. I want to know the list. So here's the thing. We've got to write it down. It's one thing for us to have it up here. It's one thing for us to have it in here. It's another thing to have it in writing. Here's the reason why that's so important. Because vision leaks. Jeremy, vision leaks. That simply means you can have the best of intentions, but sooner, soon, listen, sooner than you can ever possibly imagine. Again, when people lose their why, they lose their what? They lose their way. Why do they lose their way? Because they forget the why. So once we define our why, we've got to capture it in writing. And here's what Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, here's the key, wait for it. For it will certainly come, it will not delay. You know, you may not be where you could be, not where you should be. Maybe you have a son or a daughter that maybe they've gotten off track, they've lost their way. But at some point, we got to keep reinforcing the why. Keep telling them about the why. And here's the reason why you've got to do that over and over. Because like I said, vision leaks. Therefore, you've got to come up with a way to help say it, spray it, wheel it, Deal it until they can feel it. I mean, they got to own it. They got to know their why. But the best way to help understand that and reinforce that is to put it in writing. Do you know that uh, I love the story of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, he had, a, he had a vision. He had a burning passion, this, this mission that he wanted to fulfill to help rebuild the walls there in Jerusalem because they had been destroyed and, and, and many of the people had been taken into exile. And so the ruins of the city had broken his heart. And so he had a vision to see the walls rebuilt. And you know what he did? He mobilized the people. He cast vision. He, he came up with a plan, a strategic way to, to help mobilize the people. He organized and mobilized families. And here's the cool thing. They actually rebuilt the walls to help fortify the city of Jerusalem within 52 days. But you know what he did? At the halfway mark on day 26, he recasted the vision. Why? Because at the halfway point on day 26, their shoulders began to sag. They became overwhelmed. They became, they became discouraged. They, they became intimidated because of other threats. Vision vandals started making their way in, and they began to intimidate them. And so what, what happened is he rallied them once again, and he talked about what could be what should be, and cast vision, reinforce the why. And as a result, the people came together. In 52 days, they rebuilt the walls there in Jerusalem. You know, that's why we're doing what we're doing tonight with our church, heart and soul. Because we don't want to forget our why. We don't want to forget the fact that we exist to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. As a church, we don't want to forget the fact that our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, 
make a difference with their, with their lives. We envision one day of having a permanent place, a campus, a land, a building that will serve as a home base, specifically as a broadcast location that will help get the message to various places throughout Central Florida and beyond. That's our dream. And we're not going to stop until we see that become a reality. That's our why. That's why we do what we do. And the 45 people that prayed to receive Jesus last week, that is why we exist. That's why we do it. Because people matter. Because they matter. They ought to matter to us. And so it's important that we not just define our mission and vision, but we actually write it down. And here's the reason why this is so important. Because vision requires a shift. It requires a shift from where you are now, your current circumstances and situation, to ultimately where you want to be. Remember the graphic I showed you a few moments ago? It showed a picture of the now with arrows pointed to later. So it's a shift from where you are now to ultimately a preferred future, a change, and a plan and how you're going to get there. Can I share with you, just in conclusion, our family mission statement? We crafted this many, many years ago. We showed it to our children, and we would always, you know, when we were in the car and we were at a restaurant, we just had some downtime with the kids, we would share this with them. But our family exists to lead, to learn, to laugh, and to live. And one of the things that we wanted our kids to understand is what it means to love, and that simply means to love others the way God loves us, to lead, to lead by example in order to use your influence to make a difference in people's lives. We wanted our kids, kids to understand the value of learning, to learn from their successes as well as from their failures, and to help them understand it's okay to fail, but just realize that failure is never final. To laugh, we just want to be able to have fun, enjoy each other, help put a smile on the lives of other people. Most important, we want them to live, live each day to its full, to live in their to live their lives in such a way where they have no regrets. Now, this is this is ours, and 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 and, and I'm going to share with you our seven core values that we that we defined and crafted as a family many years ago. But this is ours, and what I want to challenge you to do is you come up with your own. This week, this week, as a couple, even as an individual, start with you. If you're not married. Start with your, listen, now is the time to define your mission and your vision for your life. Define your why. As a couple, figure that out. As a family, define that. And then put it in writing. And you know what I want to challenge you to do? Once you get it, share it with other people. That's what Habakkuk said. Write it down. Make it plain so that people can take it and run with it. You want your kids running with it. Listen, you want them to own that, to embrace that, to know that, most importantly, to live that. So put it in writing. Put it on social media. Share with other couples. Let me see this sign right here. Share with other couples and families. Put it on the internet. Say this. Say, hey, we are making the shift. We're making the shift. We're making a change. We are no longer in survival mode. We're moving from surviving to thriving with God's help. We're following God's plan. We're running with his purpose, and we are going to live different from the norm. We're going to stand up. We're going to stand out. We're going to make a difference in the lives of people. We are making the shift. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're making the shift. We're making the shift because that's what God wants. He wants us to be different.
So here's the key. Live it out. How do we start with the end in mind? Define your mission and vision. Write it down. And then start living it out. I want to conclude with this. Deuteronomy 11 verses, verses 18 through 22. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine, God says. And tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. And then write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Be careful to obey all these commands that I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in His ways and hold, holding tightly to Him. I want to close with this. Can you imagine what it would look like if every one of us, just in our own personal lives, defined our why? If every one of us in this place today defined our mission and our vision, Think about what it would look like if marriages started doing this. If they made this shift and they defined their preferred future. Of what could be fueled with a passion of what should be. Think about what families would look like today. If they decided to make the shift from surviving to thriving and said, we're making a shift and here is our why. This is the direction we're going. This is our vision. This is our mission. And we are holding tightly to what God has called us to be and do. Can you imagine if our church did that? Imagine what would happen in this city if all of a sudden, Tomorrow at work, you went to people and said, hey, we, we've made a shift. All of a sudden, they begin to see, man, something's different about your life. Something's different about your marriage, your family. I don't know what you guys are doing, but we'd like to get in on that. Imagine the kind of impact. So goes the church. So goes the family. So goes the family. So goes the community. So goes the community. So goes the rest of the world. Everybody ends up somewhere. A few people end up somewhere on purpose. Let's start with the end in mind. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.